0: I won more premiships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created
1: an, to an absolute...
0: Respect, Respect, you. You Respect,
1: man. Prem, Boys, we are here to ranch. James, We have to do justice before we just sliding right into the top four. To the I didn't guys. want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of Good afternoon. Ann Patrick.
2: Uh, you are in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. Any- what do you mean? I don't have an office I'm talking world exactly. world. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem, de la Prem
1: Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. We are at the Arsenal Roundtable Series. It's getting goonery, folks. We brought on recurring guest Marcus Campbell and new guest Saul Aguayo to talk Arteta, talk team prospects, talk about Aubameyang, potential contract signing, question mark. whole lot of fun with this one. Hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, we now welcome on two esteemed gooners to the pod. They make up our Arsenal edition of the Summer Roundtable Series, a.k.a. Signed to Ting Pod, a.k.a. Dribble Worship Pod. It's recurring guests, Marcus Campbell, and new guest, actually, Saul
0: Aguayo. How are you guys yeah. doing?
3: Hey, long time first time. <laughs> there
0: it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, everyone. guys. Thanks for having me back on. I was, uh, I was surprised to get the call up after every prediction I made last year went wrong, but uh, delighted to be here nonetheless.
2: That's more on brand than you think.
1: We're like, we're like Unai Emery going back to the well for El Neni. We just can't, can't stay away. <laughs> um, it's great to have you guys on. I think we can get right into it. Um, first and foremost, preseason is always my favorite time to bring on Arsenal fans because the hopes mm. and expectations are just sky high. Yeah. Things, vibes are good. So Always. Hopefully that carries through here. My first question for you guys, settle it for the record, is the Community Shield a trophy?
3: Uh, I think Patrick said it best. If you win it, it's not only a trophy; it is a very legitimate and prestigious trophy. And if you don't, who cares?
0: <laughs> I think I think based on the team that Liverpool played, it was clearly a very uh, a very important trophy. They were properly going for it, but not enough for Arteta. Or yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so if Arsenal win the League Cup this season, you guys did the double.
0: Essentially,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. yeah. I just you wanted to nail
1: it, you guys so.
0: down to that one.
1: Mm-hmm. It has a nice, it has a nice ring to it. There's
0: no Emirates Cup this year, so we can't do the travel, but we'll save that for next year. <laughs> 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 Let's gather all the Emirates sponsors
1: and put them in a tournament. Um, all right, first real question for you guys. We'll go into our segment called "Flaw in Order," which is really. We're gonna survey the landscape of Arsenal going into the season. A little reflection on last season, but we're gonna put it in an accusatory tone, which I think is a great way to summarize Prem de la Prem in general. Um, <laughs> first and foremost, off the bat, this this harkens back to the the positive vibes Marcus from last season and the big expectations that we had for Arsenal. I'm not here to pl- I'm not here to point fingers. I'm not here to place blame. We all have our predictions. Um, this season's a bit of a weird one because it was. The eighth place finish, well documented, one of the worst finishes in Arsenal history. That said, post COVID, there were some notable losses, but there were also some very notable victories: Liverpool in the Premier League, uh, City, and then Chelsea to to win the FA Cup, record extending, I think, fourteenth time, as a, a touching tribute to Thierry Henry. Mm. So, recency bias aside, how does this season in totality now that you've had some time to stew on it stack up to what your expectations were um at the start of the
3: last season i think you always need to give the manager his first summer to really sort out the team he gets the players that he wants right and that's what last year was what what we thought it was for for emory uh obviously it didn't go as planned um but i think the expectations that i had I had a top four expectations i'm not gonna lie i think you know we're a big enough club where you have to have top four expectations but this is the first year or i mean i guess not the first year but i now feel like we're working towards something this isn't just he needs the right players he can get the right players but i also believe in the tactics i believe in the mentality that he's bringing to the locker room so and he obviously being arteta um so yes i had high hopes at the beginning of last season but I think they're even higher now. And I think this might be a spoiler. I don't have top four hopes this season, and I'm okay with it. But I think we can probably hop Ooh. onto that one a little later.
2: Mm. Elephant's Ooh, yeah, we're clearly in the room. Top of the table, so my little monkey brain has already taken us all the way to the top. But Yeah, <laughs> yeah Martin, guys, I, I, to hear I might have to leave now. I'm
0: offended by that. I'm, I'm going to go. That's, that's too much. We're obviously winning the oh. Premier League this year. <laughs> <laughs>
1: gotta say it on record but marcus i mean you you were the one we spoke to at the start of last season obviously things have changed and almost done a a full 180 where i wouldn't be surprised if you guys did have some sky high or unrealistic expectations in arsenal form but where where do you stand on this
0: yeah i think yeah last season is pretty undeniable as a disappointment uh despite the fa cup it still feels like it was a pretty painful season just with the eighth place finish um I almost feel like we stumbled our way into a good enough position in the FA Cup just in time for Arteta to take over and recover something. But Pepe mm-hmm. wasn't the player I said he was going to be this time last year during the podcast. David Luiz definitely wasn't the player I said he was going to be this time last year. <laughs> so there, there were definitely some low points this season. Um, but you want your strong point in the season to be at the very end, uh, carrying it forward to next year. So I, I do have some optimistic uh, takes going into next season.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just I'll just round that out, and uh, so you hit on a good point. It's I think what's been lacking in the the la- the, the last years of, of Wenger and, and, and under Emery is just an an identity, like a solid identity, game to game, week to week, uh, of what the objective is, and you know that it's it's such a low bar, right? So it's tough to say like, hey, we finally can defend as eleven players and not you know five that are staying up front, five that are staying back, but I think that. On paper, we've always seen Arsenal as better than they fit in the table. And I think that the focus, getting that sort of side of it fixed, at least as a fan, I can say we're going to give ourselves the best shot. We're not going to shoot ourselves in the foot anymore. And I have that confidence at the very least, which allows me again to kind of a like more realistically, I think, kind of like look at this team's ambitions and be okay with where they finish, whether it's fourth, whether it's out of the top four. As long as that stays kind of not only – Easily visible, but in improvement. I think we do have to expect Arteta to improve upon some of his tactics, which I'll, I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, it's just it's a much better place. Like I feel in a better, like a healthier headspace as an Arsenal fan. And I, 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 yeah, top four. Yeah, I think I said the only thing that would prevent Arsenal from getting top four last season was injury. So, I mean, Callum yeah. Chambers did get it hurt. Not sure I'm going to put that all on on that, but yeah, <laughs> you mentioned we,
1: were, we, we wanted more for sure. You mentioned defending as 11 players on the pitch versus the disjointed five up top, five defending in the back half of the field as a key difference in what you're seeing now with Arteta versus before as Emery. Saul, Marcus, are there other things you're clearly seeing in Arteta's arsenal that you didn't see before that give you proof of a vision?
0: I think one thing I've noticed with Arteta that we definitely didn't have under Emery and we never had it with Wenger was I think Arteta is amazing at setting up on a game-by-game basis. Uh, He'll just look at the opponents and assess right. What's the best way for us to approach this where Wenger was so stubborn about playing like the beautiful beautiful football setting up the same way every game Trusting his players when often it wasn't the right thing to do Whereas beating City and then Chelsea to win the FA Cup just shows Arteta. He analyzes opponents so well, and he just takes things game by game Which while we're building a bigger identity that does get us wins in the short term
3: Yeah Um, I think uh... Positional versatility is something I'm I'm loving mm-hmm. with this team. You can slot so many players into so many different roles. If you need to give someone a rest, if someone's having a bad stretch, whatever it may be. Um, with Emery, I feel like there was forced versatility where you were being forced to play out of. You know, he was forcing so many people to play out of their their natural position. Whereas this feels more like a natural thing. I think really the only person that is like maybe not a I'm not going to say against it, but Maitland Niles is like yeah, I don't really want to play and a, as, a, as a fullback but I mean other than that right. I think seeing seeing the team cohesion basically just everyone being like "Yeah," but I mean put me in coach put me wherever you want to put me in mm-hmm.
2: and he prioritizes it, that versus like, like if you want to be in the team that's the mentality you need to have mm-hmm. I think Maitland Niles and Sokka are the perfect example of two Sokka two played every who,
1: position yeah, barring Sokka, maybe center Sokka, back.
2: yeah Sokka embodied that he, he was he, he wasn't like I'm a winger keep me on the wing you know he he earned out a spot in in, in, in front of Kalasznac last year at the left back position, uh, and you know Tierney was hurt to start the year. And I think we all really really like what we saw once he got healthy. But he kept that position as a rotational position, and then eventually got pushed up forward, then to the right. God, I mean, he even played center mid in, in one of those games, which is not don't want to see that again. But you know, <laughs> it's the mentality that that, that I really. It want happened. To to Let's side. move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. So I guess a good follow up question there. And, and positional versatility and players who make up the team. Um, I'm very happy as you Uni- know relieved as a United fan that we've signed Van de Beek. So I can take myself off the hot seat. When I ask this question, all the clubs vying for jostling for position in the top four and in and around there have started to make moves. You have the extremes of Chelsea, and then you have maybe the more, reserved united and liverpool who it feels like are still due their marquee move mm-hmm. arsenal is a weird one to consider in this in this in this lot because obviously you brought in William and gabrielle is a huge player considered in in juxtaposition to the position that you need to fill on the field how do you and and now we're in this clench mode of the season starts next weekend what are some big ins and outs that still need to happen to make you feel guys Make you guys feel fully, fully comfortable, or are you already fully
3: comfortable? uh Definitely not. Uh, I think. I mean, the the midfield. I mean, you look at the the depth in the midfield and who you actually trust to put out there every day, and it's what uh, Ceballos and Jaka, and that's that's about. I mean. Torreira has a foot out the door. I mean, pretty much guaranteed he's getting sold to Italy somewhere, right? Right. Bidding um, yeah. so, mean, war going
2: on now, seems like. So that's good for us, at least. At least it's yeah.
3: a bidding war. You're right, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I'm surprised someone hasn't tried the old Arsenal, uh, whatever, 24 mil plus one yeah. to try to prime off <laughs> our hands. But They're like, sir, this isn't uh, uh, the price is right. It, does, yeah. it doesn't work <laughs> like that. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I think that's the, the, midfield is really the main reason why I'm like, you know what, I, I'm not hundred percent sure we're going to make top four this season as it stands. Um, but that's, I think we definitely solved the, the center back hole, especially the way, uh, Arteta wants to play out the back with the three center backs finally have three people that I think we can rely on in, I mean, I'm counting, uh, David Luiz in that, but I think I think we all agree he he performed pretty well in the second half of the season after a couple of absolute screamers but I think that that hole's been you know quote unquote plugged I I'm curious to see how they all play how that back line plays together uh but for now my my hopes are up for that but the midfield still is just incredibly lacking
0: yeah, I think, I think you're completely right And this, specifically that sort of holding slash traditional centre mid position that we're missing. I think if you needed someone to fill in sort of a, a number 10 or out wide, like Willian is a perfect player. Like anywhere sort of along the front three, he can slot in and just behind the striker. Whereas uh, other than the two you mentioned, Shaka um, and Ceballos, what's our next option there? Like Mohamed Elneny or like, again, Genduzi who's basically out the door, Torreira, who's out the door. Uh, definitely our weakest position. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the turnaround in centre back's been phenomenal. Uh, a month and a half ago, we were really in trouble, uh, and then a few big signings. Um, it looks like we're even shipping out players like Rob Holding, who I'm a huge fan of. Like, we must be confident we're getting rid of him.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's the, let's let's not forget Saliba as well. It's a kind of it's effectively a signing. We got him last summer on 35 million. We got uh, Gabriel around 30 million. I mean, if. if I'm sure there's going to be a learning curve, but I have to believe that if we're playing two at the back, those are the the two guys we're hoping for in the future. That, that with that level of investment, with their age, those have to be the guys. And you know, if they are, I mean, they, there's going to be a learning curve with a young center back, full stop. And then adjusting the Premier League, you can't expect them to come in and be great. But if those guys are solid for us for you know five, six, seven years, that's a pretty good bit of business for us. You know, to get to our center back sorted for you know, 70 million. So that's that's where I'm hopeful. And even you saw Mustafi got stronger under Arteta, uh, David Luiz got stronger, Rob Holding even put in a few good shifts, you know, and I'm I, I notoriously rated Rob Holding, but if he's got to go for to make room for these two new guys, you know, by all means, the center midfield position, you got two guys that are going to do a job and they're going to do exactly what Arteta wants, which I, I like out of Ceballos and Jaka, but so many times, especially against smaller clubs, we just struggle to break down the opposition, and who who is that in the midfield? You know, I think it has to come from the transfer window. Ozil, I don't know what the hell's going on, but he's either past it, not in the team, he's not somebody you could rely on. But he's really the only person that fits that mold outside of one of the young guys, like maybe Emil Smithy Bro. But that's a big step up for, for you to ask for him to make this year. So I don't it's, I don't know where it's coming from.
1: I don't want to make this Ozil pod, but I this was my one question. Do you think the two instances are tied of? ozil's wages staying at the club i don't know if they're quietly or overtly trying to ship him out is that stopping you guys from bringing in more players do you think that's tied
0: at all i think i think it's a combination of things the Urzal point's definitely massive but on top of that of the bigger clubs arsenal's always strapped for cash it's just like a reality we're not chelsea or city we're never the ones splashing the cash um we're still paying off pepe there's another 20 million that needs to go this year as it's paid in installments Uh, So that doesn't help. And then on top of that, it's uh, like obviously the COVID year. Everybody has less money and uh, clubs like City and Chelsea who had money anyway aren't really impacted. Whereas I think Arsenal this this is really detrimental as opposed to, uh, yeah, a City, United, Chelsea.
3: Also, I just want to call out uh, when Marcus said, we still owe some money for Pepe. James had a very slight smile. (laughs) The the disrespect on this pod for Nicola <laughs> yeah. Pepe. Thank you. Unreal. Thank you. The man has had has been in the Prem one season. Let's give him a break. It takes people much longer to adjust. Okay. It's a tough league. The guy has skill. You're gonna see it. So let's call it yeah. a
1: thank you for calling that out. I was waiting for the right time to bring it up. Let's let's put this on a spectrum. <laughs> one end of the spectrum is the James side of this guy is a bona fide flop. And then the other set the other side of the spectrum is Patrick's little bit leave it take which is a little prelude to what you guys are experience later, um, team of the season within, what, two years? Three years?
2: Three more years by the end of his contract. I think by the end of his contract, contract, he'll be in
1: the Premier League team of the season. Where mm-hmm. do you guys stand on this man? Because I can give you my opinion, but I'd rather hear yours as Arsenal fans. I
3: think it was, I think the, the easiest way to say it is, the I, look, I don't know if Premier League team of the season, but was it an overpay? Yeah, slightly. Let's not pretend it wasn't. But I I'm mean, no stranger to the overpay, by the
2: way. Yeah. I don't want to act all high and mighty there. There's, yeah. There's also some shady dealings with Sinehi. There's some shit that's coming out with him about yeah. how that's exactly how much Leo needed to be under the financial fair play regulation. So, you know, price aside, I'd like to look at Pepe price aside. He's in the squad. He's on the team. Where's he at? Sure. Yeah, I think he's still
0: okay. still young, like four or five years. He's He's definitely not hit his prime yet. Uh, I think there were moments this season where he just showed that he was able to do it. He had really bad attitude problems under Emery. He just looked like he was like so disinterested. There were times mm-hmm. when he did that thing that like it's what got Shaka booed off the pitch, where we were losing or we we're drawing, chasing a goal, he gets brought off, and he just meanders off the pitch so slowly. It drives me up the fucking wall. But outside of that, like the goal against West Ham, the two goals like within the two free kicks within ten minutes in the Europa League. Like there were moments where you thought, right, that's world class. If he could just string that together consistently, um, yeah, he would be one of the best in the league. And I think three or four seasons from now, we could be seeing that. So definitely on the Patrick end of the spectrum.
1: Yeah,
2: um, but never go full Patrick. No, you don't want to. I mean, here's here's the thing. I think that he has he has immense quality. I think he's he's very good with the ball at his feet. He has that that left foot. I'd, I'd put it up against anybody's in the league. Honestly, I would. When he's, you know, he, when he cuts inside, he looks very, very lethal. He scored the goal that was ruled offside in the FA Cup final. That was an absolute banger, you know, from from 20, 25 yards out on the on, on the on the roll. I think what he has to improve immensely is his decision making. I think yeah. when he gets into the final third, he too often makes the wrong decision. I think that has improved under Arteta. I think I think very very highly of Arteta. And if you look, maybe this is just me with my blinders on, but you look at the wing play at City it became, you know, it, it became the high water, that that is the best wing play in the world, or it was, and then other teams kind of came up to it. You know, Sterling improved dramatically. Mars is fantastic. Bernardo Silva came up, and Arteta's, you know, directly credited with that work at City. And so that is that is my hope for Nicola Pepe, uh, because I think, that, I think that the talent is there. I think he's absolute class. Maybe so. I mean, if
1: you hammer the decision-making aspect, um, it's a really bad comparison, and it would lend itself well to Patrick's take but it reminds me of literally first season Cristiano Ronaldo where he's doing a million step overs and then missing the easy square to the center of the box um but exciting player nonetheless and the best way to summarize it was I think we were watching the FA Cup final and he does the Chelsea left back and like like skirts around him with an amazing piece of skill and then just Refuses to pass the, like the easy layoff to the striker for a clear chance. Um, I also so think I he's,
0: been, he's been put in a hard position because I think like anyone that watches Arsenal week in and week out, everyone knows our left side is so dominant, be it Saka or Tierney at left back, and then Aubameyang on that side as well. That's where our yeah, goals are yeah. coming from. Like every game, we're scoring down that left side. So whenever the ball does come out to the right side, it does come out to Pepe. It's sort of like he's out there by them, by himself, and it's a like, right. Let's let's see what you can do, or give it back to the center mid.
1: Yeah. Uh, um 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 uh this came up on the spurs cast coincidentally um obama young due to sign his he's surely about to sign this new contract right that that's where that's where it's leaning i'm
2: not emotionally prepared for anything else to happen
3: okay i don't think anything else can happen yeah i I just don't
2: believe anything will happen
3: Yeah, honestly, you might as well slot us in for eighth or lower again. If if he, because I mean, we would we would need to sell him, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. been that's been my problem with Arsenal for so long now. We have not gotten value out of anyone in years now. When was the last time we properly like got money from a player that we sold? Mkhitaryan for Sanchez.
2: (laughs) Not bad.
1: Uh, Worst trade deal in the history of trade deals.
3: yeah, you know what? The only thing that the only reason I can sleep at night after that deal is because, man, you got screwed so hard on that.
1: I love Sanchez's post. I have nothing but utmost respect for United as a club. That being said, laundry list. <laughs> 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 anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm hijacking the yeah, point.
2: please.
3: Uh, no, but I, I was just, you know, sure, we could go into the season with Aubameyang on that That's his final year. But again, when was a lot? I mean, I think, what, like, Ox and Iwobi, like, we got decent two. money for yeah. that. Yeah, and, like, who beyond that, like, who was the last time? Christian Bielek was, like... And it's, like, when was the last time he actually... Or when did he actually play for Arsenal? But we just don't get value from our people. We just let them leave, which is what Wenger was so good at, getting value out of people in their prime. And so if he doesn't sign Dating, which he has to, because there is... It's not even that I'm not emotionally prepared for anything else. It's just it, there's just nothing else can happen. What's like, big, nothing else right. makes sense. It's an sense. offer he can't refuse. Um, We're gonna call yeah, it an old favor. I, I think he'd have to be gone by you know in the in the the January transfer window if that's yeah. the case.
0: You're definitely you're definitely right about us not getting the value for players. Like Aaron Ramsey is a perfect example. Just letting him walk away like in the prime of his career. That's sad. I think the most important person for Arsenal over the last few years. Is whatever idiots doing the scouting at Everton? Because we've mugged them off for about sixty million <laughs> for Theo Walcott and Awobi. That guy has just bankrolled us for for years. Love that guy, whoever he is. It's Walcott, the
3: the process is: point. we wait for Napoli to be interested in a player, yep. we buy that player, and then we're like, all right, we need some money to buy that player. All right, let's just sell some rando to to Everton.
2: <laughs> yeah, Everton, <laughs>
3: rinse, rinse and, and repeat. It's <laughs>
1: the new triangle trade. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, with Obama Young, the, the thing that came up on the Spurs podcast, assuming he stays, we talked about the captaincy. And I think leadership on the field is a big deficiency at Arsenal. And I, 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 I feel like that's an objective thing that you guys would agree with. Is Obama Young your idea of a captain? Does he fit that role? Is he like a lead by example player? Does that kind of thing exist? Where do you guys stand on that?
0: First of all, I I love that you had so little to talk about on the Spurs podcast that you heavily focused on Obama Yang. That that doesn't surprise me, (laughs) if I'm honest, Um, but I I, I don't see Obama Yang as a leader. I think he's sort of more the the natural scorer. I think his only focus should be getting on the end of things. He shouldn't be shouting at people making sure people are paying attention and tracking back. Uh, I might be old fashioned, but I'm such a big believer of the captain needs to be center back, center mid, somewhere deeper on the pitch. Just to, just to see what's going on and have a vision of how the game's progressing. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what you guys think, but for me, Yang's he's an unbelievable player, not really a captain for me.
3: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I think the only reason I was really happy with uh, Abba getting the captaincy was there were plenty of games where the 10 other players on the pitch had basically just given up, and you could see it on their face. They didn't want to be there. They didn't want to keep playing, and Abba was still trying, playing his heart out. Uh, and like, sure, he looked a little miserable at times, but I mean, if you're getting just absolutely destroyed by, you know, relegation teams, you're going to be a little miserable. Uh, but he was the only one that game in game out was giving it his all I feel. So I guess it's, what are you looking for in a captain? If that's what you're looking for, then yeah, I mean, he's a great captain, but I think I, I tend to agree a little bit more with Marcus someone that's a little bit you know that can be shouting to the lads from the center back position from the center mid position although i know he's not a center back but Kieran Tierney would be my ideal uh captain and i'll i'll get into more uh, fangirling over the Kieran Tierney love later, fest guess, but... from
1: Arsenal fans is yeah. out of control it's out oh, of wait, control wait for my
3: wait for my hot take on Kieran oh, Tierney Jesus. by uh, the right. <laughs> way i think we made
1: the same one i might
2: just delete mine now
1: some more yeah. some more team I mean, of the season uh, nominees
2: Team, team of the season, team, yeah. The, team of the, the the FIFA team of the season. How many yeah. Scottish <laughs>
0: players have won the Ballon d'Or? By the way, just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: not sure, uh, but no, I, I I I think Tierney embodies what what every fan loves. They they want to see somebody putting everything they got in, and they want to see you know somebody who's also competent. I think Tierney does both of those things very well. I, I he has the right attitude for a captain. Uh, for me, Obama Young, you see, I don't necessarily think he's a captain, but I also don't think we're going to strip the captaincy from him. So I think he is our captain. And for better or worse, I think when we're playing well and when we're winning, he's a hell of a captain. He brings so much joy to the game. You can tell how much his teammates love him. And when he's scoring goals, he's laughing. He's getting everybody involved, and it's great. That the problem laugh. is, I think, you know, yeah, that it, it's great. It, uh, but he, he uh, <laughs> But when when things are going poorly, I do agree. It's got to be somebody who's got a little bit more metal to their game, and that's not who he is. And I think what you know what pains Arsenal fans so much is the games where we do disappear. You know, we don't like to hear it, but we do disappear, and we do lack backbone. And other teams know that they can get at us just by getting stuck in. And yeah, I I, I don't mind having a you know Scottish left back be my captain when somebody wants to you know be a little rough at Newcastle, just sending it right back their way. You know, that's, that's, he's the guy who I would look to do that. Jaka, I mean, he had his old falling out, but he's another guy who, who I think does the job of the manager and he'll get stuck in. I don't think he's getting the captaincy back, but you know, I, I, I yeah, I don't think it's a bombing, but I, it is. So I don't really know what, <laughs> what we do in those tough games. So I think it's going to be like captain by, uh, kind of example rather than an armband, so to speak. Yeah.
1: Well, we had some questions, or we do have some questions on Arteta and talking about the man on the touchline, Patrick, I wonder, I I just feel like it would be better coming from you and like your perspective of Arteta and his vision and, and where to go. Um, if you want to kind of lead this one.
2: Yeah. So I'll, I'll leave my opinion out of it, but he's, he's been the central figure at Arsenal really since he's taken over. Uh he's gotten some big wins taking on tr- two trophies, but we have, a limited sample size. We've gotten you know, two parts of a season is just two really short sprints. We got of Arteta, like two, like 10, 15 game sprints. Maybe I'm not sure how many he played. So, question to you guys is: Have we turned a corner? Are these two trophies enough to kind of say that we're going in the right, uh, the right way, or is there still enough to be seen? I guess what are the expectations on Arteta coming into this season, and how long is his leash? And again, I have my own. Opinions on this pretty strong. But I, I want to get you guys' take on it.
3: I, I mean, for the leash, I think unless we go on just an absolutely catastrophic run, we, like he should for sure get the full season. Um, and because I want him to get another summer transfer window and really see what he can do with the, the proper funds and the proper players. Um, as far as what he brings, I just feel like there's... There's a new energy. You just see it in the players. You see it in the clubhouse. Regardless of the tactics, you can tell that he is managing people well, which is not something that Em, I, you know, I don't, I didn't follow Emery before Arsenal, and I so I don't know how he was before here, but it just it wasn't happening here. There wasn't man management here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you could see it in you know the the Chaka debacle, the Oatesville debacle, uh, any other debacle. I mean, really. He
1: so, managed Neymar and
3: PSG sense. to a French
1: league title. It's gotta count for something. <laughs>
2: yeah, I can, I'm sorry, I c I could do that.
1: <laughs> I saw a picture, there's like a picture on Twitter of Neymar and Emery to like doing the doing the high five, and I'm like, what business do these two have in the same picture? Oh like, oh yeah, he managed <laughs> PSG. <laughs> he was a respected yeah. manager, now he's a meme. It's insane.
2: Anyway I think he's still a respected manager. Continue. Be honest I, with you. I think it's a yeah. bad rap in England, but it's what it is. I mean, he's, he's really, got the, he the managing
3: page. job at VRL, right? Yeah, so he's back in. He's still, he's back he's in still semi-respected, at least. Yeah, and although, and also, in not fairness to him, you know, against him, any one of us could manage PSG to the French title, let's be honest.
1: I back myself. Fair enough. I've played FIFA <laughs> career mode. I know what's going on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, continue. You're talking Arteta.
0: Uh, yeah, huge fan. Um, I think the turnout... Everyone will look to the FA Cup as the big achievement. Uh, and I, I did mention how he's great at managing game by game. But I think what was most promising was the turnaround in the Premier League. Since he took over, if the season had started again, Arsenal would have finished third. Like, that's incredible. Uh, the goals we conceded per game went from 1.6 under Emery to 0. 0.8 with Arteta. So literally cut it in half with the exact same squad, like all the same, well, the same players we used to call clowns at center back. Um, and then the, I even think he got unlucky during that run. I think when he first came in, I distinctly remember us playing against Chelsea. It was the best we played in so long. And of all people, Bernd Leno made a mistake, so we lost 2-1, uh, like around the 90th minute. And then shortly after, we drew with Bournemouth because Lacazette, Lacazette missed maybe 15 chances, 16 chances. If he just buried one, that would have been another win. Um, so I think people that didn't watch Arsenal regularly sort of thought, oh, nothing's changed, they're back to usual. Whereas seeing him week in and week out, it's just the momentum was so positive.
2: Yeah. I think the thing that, expectations are weird because for me, I'm here for the Arteta project. I believe in it. I know that there's going to be a certain time where if the results don't show up, it's going to have to end. But I am here for the growing pains this coming season, whatever they may be. You know, I, I believe in the project. I think more importantly, the players believe in the project. And so I think that those growing pains will be manageable. I could be wrong. I, I've been wrong many a times before when it comes to Arsenal growing pains and what I was capable of dealing with. But I, I just, I, I really, really love everything that he's everything that he's doing. I, I just really love what he's doing with the squad. It just feels like a different team to me. It feels like a team that you know I can, I can, I can really back. You know, I don't they don't like disappoint me you know <laughs> that's that's kind of how i'm, I'm approaching. former
0: players former players always get a little bit more leeway i think i think the uh that clown at united's definitely proved it. they've let him stick around because he used to play a bit
1: sorry what was that that <laughs>
2: connection i think just don't worry yeah, about. yeah you're breaking up you'll hear it on the you'll hear it on the backside james okay <laughs> great um why don't
1: we chat, you brought up Leno, why don't we chat keepers? Obviously, Emmy Martinez came in and uh, put in a really good shift when, when Leno was out injured from the disgrace that was uh, Neil Mope at Brighton. Um, mm. Burn him. <laughs> assuming Leno comes back in, obviously you're number one. When you think about moving funds around and being able to bring in players, why do you guys think Martinez is not being considered like an asset who can be sold at an all-time high value?
3: Uh, I think we have one of the better problems to have is that we have two great keepers, and I think the value that we could get from Emmy right now, like, yes, is it an all-time high for him? Absolutely, but if he continues to show that this is a level he can play at, we can get so much more for him. I think it's wise decision to hold on to him if we still have funds for our midfield. If it's choose having an amazing backup or getting a new midfielder, I'm gonna go for the midfielder but this is really not a, a a bad problem to have and i'm perfectly fine holding on to him because i think the, the valuation i saw was like either like 10 to 15 mil for him which mm. you know which is great I'd, I'd love the money but i think still i think we can afford to to sort of hedge our bets and just hold on to him for a, another season at least
0: yeah i think uh, a good problem to have is a perfect way to put it it was such a pleasant surprise him performing when he uh came in um okay. I genuinely think that there's no player that Arteta is so desperate to have that he wants to give up Martinez. If there's someone he'd set his sights on and thought this player will fundamentally change Arsenal, uh, like make us look like a new team, then maybe he would consider him an asset worth selling. But I just don't think there's anyone right now that he's so fixated on he, he would give up, yeah, one of the, one of the best keepers in the league.:
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I'm a, little, I'm a little torn because I think that you know we, we don't have many sellable assets, right? Like we're trying to pawn off Ganduzi onto everyone and their mother and nobody's interested. Uh, Ozil, the wages aren't going to come off the books, I don't think. Uh, And and so there's very few people who fit the bill of, you know, sellable and have, you know, desirable suitors. And so for me, it's just, we need to upgrade that midfield. And so, I mean, it looks like Terraro's on his way out. If we can get, I mean, I'd even take like 15, 20 million for Ganduzi. I know that people were talking about like 40 earlier in the season was his value, which I don't know that it, that it is, but I mean, we sold a Wobi for that. So it's not the craziest thing to think about. Uh, And and so, I mean, I think Socrates, if we can move him on, if we can get 10 million for holding, I think that Martinez is probably like, he's not in the top five of the people I want to sell in order to fund that midfield. Let me put it that way. But I think he's probably in our top Mm -hmm. two or three of people that we could sell. Like if we wanted to, he's the easiest, one of the easier ones to get that money from. Mm -hmm. So I, I want the competition, and I'd, I'd love to see, you know, if we can get back into the Champions League, then you have, you know, two, two keepers playing in two different high-profile competitions. I think you could keep that going for a couple of years, but I think he's going to have to – one of them's going to have to go eventually. It's like the one position you can't hold two people for that long. So, I guess just when when's the highest value and who do you want to keep? Right. Do you think there's a case to be made for Emmy Martinez to be in the number one? I, I do.
3: I mean, especially the way Arteta likes to play out the back – uh, Emmy's much more comfortable on the ball. Uh, also, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he actually stops the ball. Like he'll hold the ball much better than Leno does. Uh, to the point where I was starting to feel a little bit more comfortable when you know a hard shot was coming at Emmy than I might have with Leno. And that's not to say anything bad about Leno. Like I, I love the guy. I think the only reason we're in eighth is because of him. Um, mm-hmm. But. I mean just Emmy Martinez just he's looking incredible and he's looking incredible in this system. So I think for now is half a season of excellent play does that get you the number 1? I I mean, I don't know. I think it's unfair to Leno, but yeah, I don't I I think with the system, I think he's a slightly better fit.
1: Maybe we're asking the wrong question. Would you sell Leno at an all-time high value and recoup on that? <laughs>
3: That that to me is un, that his, to me is unthinkable.
1: It, like I don't see a world where you is, drop. One. Yeah, but
3: is is his value even all that high coming off the mm-hmm. injury right now? I mean, I don't think it it plummeted or anything, but I I truly think the smartest decision is hold on to both of them, play both of them. You know, do a a, a slight rotation and make your decision either in January or in summer. Yeah,
1: I wanna I wanna ask you guys about the youngsters because it was a big season in that regard for a lot of top clubs. You know, you think of Mason Mount at Chelsea or Reese James. You think of Mason Greenwood at United. Arsenal, you would think of Saka, who I think has proven himself to be that surprise package in a positive way, and you expect him to kick on and maintain that level or even progress further. The other ones, from an outside perspective, feel free to challenge me, have question marks, and I feel like are unproven. I think about Nketcha, I think about Willick. I guess you would lump Ainsley in there. It feels like if you're not bringing in marquee signings, it's a big season for them to prove themselves. You obviously now have the Europa League as a nice proving ground for them. Do you guys see this as make or break? Who do you have? Who do you have faith in? Who do you not have as much faith in? And and um, what do you want of these players in the upcoming season?
0: Um, the way the way i split it up is willick and nelson definitely hold on to them i think they've shown signs and they're they're going to push on uh you didn't mention him but emil smith Rowe definitely for me uh he, yep. he's one i'm keeping uh then the other two players uh being maitland niles and definitely eddie and Kettia. i think get rid of them i i still can't work out what eddie and Kettia is good at if anyone knows just please let me know but i can't figure it out for the life of me
1: he's got a celebration right
0: that's there we go that's all you need call
1: him it's like the bootleg the bootleg gabriel jesus <laughs> <laughs> um so okay so you would just get you get rid of uh and catch it and who was the other one uh,
2: uh,
1: maitland miles yeah wow. I, I, I sort of struggle wow. with
0: him from a mentality perspective i just the way he's acted about playing fullback has been it's been horrific like um trent alexander arnold is also a center midfielder who got forced to play right back and instead of complaining, he just became the best right back in the world. Whereas Maitland-Niles had whoa, such a struggle with whoa. being put back Um <laughs> <laughs> Just going right to breeze right, teams right on past it. But... <laughs> um, yeah, Maitland-Niles, just the way he approached that whole situation. Like, your young 20s getting to regularly play one of the best teams of the world. I, mm. He needs to have a better outlook for me. And then in Kedia, I think it's an ability thing. He's, he's just not good enough.
3: That's, that's so funny. I completely disagree on Enkedia. I feel like he's so close to putting it all together. I mean, we saw his performance uh, against Kosovo. And again, I fully recognize it's Kosovo. I totally understand. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's still, you know, a hat trick's a hat trick against, you know, whoever it may be. I, I do think we need to give him at least at least another season to develop, try to figure out the system. But also, if you sell him... And, I mean, I don't know how you feel about Lacazette. I, I don't think we've even talked about Lacazette this pod, which is uh, very telling. Um, yeah. But after, you know, Alba up front, and I, I mean, I guess on the left, but, like, who would you trust in that center-forward striker position?
1: And I'm surprised, Marcus, if, if you if said you've Laka. seen enough from uh, Reese Nelson and and, and Willick. Because I'm like, I look at them yeah, playing. When I watch seen... Arsenal, I'm like, really?
3: I, well, I think Nelson... Shined at Hoffenheim, I think. Well, for the first half of the season, when he was out on loan, so mm-hmm. I would like to give him a shot here. Joe Willock, I don't think I've seen enough from, not yet, anyways.
0: Yeah, I think I Joe... agree you. When you say don't see enough, I think it's a it's a matter of them not getting enough time. I think we saw so much of Eddie and Kedia, uh, even before he we went out on loan. We ha- we saw a lot of them on the pitch. And Maitland Niles, I feel like he's been almost our regular right back for the last two seasons. So I've seen so much of them play. I really, I think I know what they have to offer. Whereas with the other two, like I've seen glimpses. Willick's game against Liverpool where he scored that screamer. He was classed there. Uh, Reese Nelson, I backed him at the start of last season, and I haven't had a chance to see if that's true or not just because he hasn't got the minutes. So that's sort of more why I'm holding on to them because I don't know how good they could be. Whereas I think with the other ones, I've seen enough to know they're not going to be regular
2: players for me. That's that's that, that, that's very interesting. I think I, I agree on Willock. I think that Willock could use a loan spell. Bad. I think that he could he could really really go for, you know, a full first team minutes in the championship for a year. I think that I've seen a lot of him. I think his ball progression is good. I think he loses it a bit too easily. I Think he makes the wrong decision more often than Pepe does in the final third. I think he just needs to kind of get a rhythm. But he's got the build, and he's got the 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 the, the technique. I'm someone who could be a real top player, I think. Um, I think Emil Smith Rowe is another one who we haven't seen because he was out on loan. Uh, he went to he went to Leipzig 2 years ago. I believe he was at Huddersfield this past season. Arteta says he wants to keep him. There's no one that fits the profile of the 10 better than he does. So I'm hoping he's he's, he's somebody I'm hoping that has, you know, if Sokka was that guy last year, Emil Smith Rowe is the guy that I'm looking to really establish himself at least in the rotation on the first He team. hasn't played at all for uh, Arsenal, I, right? Like I haven't seen him bits and bits and pieces over over he was he wasn't on loan, kind of to start. I think he went on January loan to Leipzig. So I think he played a little bit in the Europa League two years ago under Emery for us. Not not too much, but he's he's a talent. He's an absolute talent. I think that's also the benefit of playing in the Europa League. We have the ability to really low like low risk games to see what we have out of these guys a little bit. And that's without the Europa League, what does Bakayo Saka become last year? I don't know that it's all that much. That's where he really kind of came into his own and then made the made his impression on the Premier League in the in the second half of the season. Uh, you know, he didn't really do much in the Premier League in the fall. And so I really, I really rate Maitland Niles. He's he's somebody I think we're gonna regret letting go. I think he could be a top top player. I do agree with you on the attitude. Uh, I didn't like it, but I think he's kind of gotten somewhere with Arteta. And I don't know if I'm just reading too much into their embraces after winning trophies. Everyone's happy and everybody's hugging. But I feel like Arteta's like got him to a position where, like, like he said, "Hey, look, you can be like my Swiss Army knife. I will find ways to use you. Just just have the right attitude, and we can figure it out." Because he was getting, he was pushing on forward in that Community Shield. He was getting into the box. You know, he he could kind of play that. I'm trying to think of like. Um, Look at Danny Alves tight, where he's like, you don't really think of him as a defender, but he's just up and he's always working out for it. That's, he, he's someone I think is gonna be a top, top player. I really do. And I'm, I hope he's turned a corner mentally, because I'd love to see it happen at Arsenal.
3: And that's, that's one of those things that under Emery, that never would happen. happened. Uh, he would have been out the door. He wouldn't have, you know, I don't think uh, Emery could have told him anything to keep him here. But Arteta, that man management, where he is talking to players and he is convincing them of, of the plan. Of the you project, just feel you know? like, yeah you feel like we're a top club again and we can actually convince people of the future again.
2: Yeah, they say Gabriel turned down bigger money offers because he was convinced by do and, and Arteta. And whether that's true yeah. sure or not, or if it's just make, meant to make me feel great, I feel great. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> yeah.
0: What I will say is, uh, while I don't love Maitland niles he could be helpful to hold on to because he, he does think he's that center midfield player. Uh, so, I've, I mean, I've never seen him get a run of games in that position. Uh, but yeah, at the right back, he's not for me. But who knows? Who knows in the middle of the park, that could be his uh, his bread and butter.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Patrick, do you want to slide us into a little bit leave it? It's a little bit leave it. And our uh, our wrap up predictions.
2: All right, guys, it is it is that time. You guys teased this already, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say. It's a little bit leave it. It's a little bit leave it. We're going to have you on. Marcus to, Saul, do you
1: uh, want to say it as well? Just see how it hits the lips.
2: <clears throat> Sorry, right? Are we are we, doing, are we
3: doing it right now? Are we doing it together, Marcus? What are we doing?
1: <laughs> I, <laughs>
0: no, I'm a little bit lost, but I'm all follow around. your lead. I try to
1: make people say a little, bit, leave it, as many, <laughs> it's a little bit, leave it. As many times as possible. So Patrick has to work harder and edit. Anyway, you, you'll see. Sorry, it wait, the what's the
3: segment called? It's a little bit,
2: leave it.
0: It's a little bit, leave it.
2: Oh, wait, you mean say a little bit, leave it, right? Well, it's a little bit, leave it. Oh, boys. We're having a whole lot of fun here today, aren't we? <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> it's a little bit, leave it. It's a little bit, leave it. And the way this segment works, you're going to throw some takes out there, long-term ones. We're going to have you on to either uh, boast about your your, your prognostications uh, a little bit later in the, <laughs> in the season. That's a word, James. Uh, or hold your feet to the fire when they go inevitably wrong. Uh, so I'm gonna turn it over to you all. What do we got on the table? I heard I heard some rumblings about Tierney. So let's let's see what we got. All right, so here's my first, it's a little bit leave it. It's a little bit leave it. Uh,
3: Kieran Tierney by season then will be the best left back in the Prem.
1: Ooh. I got him there now. Robertson on notice.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll
2: be the best Scottish left back in the Prem, guaranteed. <laughs> how are we uh how what's how are we defining that is that he's gonna make the team of the season um or just the eye test you know I was going off eye test but you know screw it team of the season
3: because it. It. Yeah. alternatively Saul
1: you, you could just come back at the end of the season
3: and be like he's
1: the best left back in the prem. look yeah <laughs> hey I'm sorry that no one
3: voted for him as best left back in the prem, but I did and that's yeah, all yeah. that matters yeah it's a self-fulfilling prophecy Sol's, yeah all right. fair Sol's enough fair team enough of the Let,
0: yeah team of the season <laughs> team of the season okay I like that. Uh, all right, so my first take is uh, Liverpool conceded the least goals of any team last year. Uh, Arsenal were eighth in that table. I think we will come top three in uh, fewest goals conceded this year.
1: Is that a, a back three of Gabriel, Saliba, and David Luiz?
0: David Luiz is the one where I think he's going to have to prove himself in that position. But yeah, that's that's how I see it playing out. And the good thing is there even is competition for that third spot at the minute. So mm. I'm, I'm feeling optimistic. And it's not just the back three. It's the way the players in front of them are playing. As we said, defending is at 11. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. top three in terms of goals
2: goals conceded, yeah. I think we'll switch between the back three and the back four. Back three against some of the bigger bigger sides. Which we did so well against those clubs that we historically just don't get results against. So I do think they're going to stick with that. And then back four, I think we just got to push on a little bit more when we're playing a Villa. I can't, I can't be dealing with five at the back when we're doing stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll, ooh, I'm loving these. I'm loving this. Is my favorite one of all the roundtables, James. <laughs> I had a
0: feeling. I had a feeling. Yeah. Well,
2: Are right, you said your first one, Marcus? What else you got in the chamber?
0: We've sort of we've sort of gone through every point I had ready uh, at some point. I'll, I'll sort of try to think of one that we didn't have. Um, I think uh, Arsenal will win a cup, um, which is sort of broad. While we'll struggle in the Prem, because I don't think we'll be able to get as many goals as we're hoping to, we rely on Aubameyang too much. I think the way Arteta can set up for individual games means a cup is definitely on the table for us next year.
2: love it. I love
0: Great it. Great cup team.
3: I think it's always... Yeah, I was gonna say it's always easy to say we'll win a cup because even if we're absolute trash, you can just book the FA Cup like done deal. <laughs> it's like
0: it it this season.
2: Year. Three managers, yeah, awful football. We win the FA Cup. You know, almost forget it. It's just, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Pretty much. All right, well, let's send it right into our season predictions. I think um, we've heard on all our other roundtables how we're how we're stacking up first through fourth. Uh, I think the notable Arsenal take was from Kate, the biggest Man City fan you'll ever meet, who I think, by virtue of loving Mikel Arteta for what he did at City, booked Arsenal in its second place. I challenge you guys to match <laughs> that energy. Um, not too many others put Arsenal in their top four, but I want to hear it from... Maybe not you, Patrick, we'll, we'll save this for our own, but, yeah, but we'll Saul and Marcus, I want to mm-hmm. hear you guys rank one through four. Uh,
3: well, clearly Arsenal won. <laughs> uh, no, um, I I think, you know, I'm going to return the love to the Man City fans. Here you go, Kate, Man City won. Uh, I think they, I mean, even if they did nothing, they'd still have just such a complete, te- I mean, two complete teams that could take on anyone. And I think we're still really waiting for them to like open up the purse string. Now that now that we know uh, Messi's off the table, um, it was a fun so few days. I think, which it really was. He wasn't even coming to my team, and I was getting ex- excited about it.
1: I've been burned so many times. Oh. I keep going back to him like in an abusive relationship. Like Messi, it'll be different this time.
3: Yeah, I was I was looking forward to him just absolutely destroying our defense, and I I didn't care. It was still one of the most exciting weeks of football. <laughs> it's a shame. Hold on, sorry. If I'm not uh,
0: mistaken, Kieran Tierney would have been lining up against him, so I, I think we say, would have been fine, lads. Clamps, clamps. <laughs> that, apparently, that's why Messi didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: but I I do think Man City won. Um, you know, Liverpool just haven't done enough this this summer. I think. Wow. And also I think we saw, we saw them starting to crack a little bit, you know, they, they didn't finish the season strong. Uh, I think, I, I can't remember if it was in the man city or the, the Chelsea pod that I heard someone say they've been going at it. Like they've been going at it strong for so many years now in so many competitions, like it was bound to happen. So I just think, you know, they're, it's just, they're just going to slip up this one season. They'll probably spend a little bit more next, but I'm going to put them in at, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to put them in at two. That's the thing. I'm only Cause...
1: saying this because you're not the only person to say this. I am astounded at like the just looking at Liverpool's starting eleven, which won them the title, and being like, I don't know, <laughs> it's still the same. <laughs> but, <'cause laughs>
3: when you, but when you look at like the twelfth and the thirteenth player and the, you know, there's just not enough sure. depth there to, I, continue, yeah. to, the to continue. I see that, the argument to continue that that yeah yeah. So I'm going to say Chelsea two, Liverpool three. Chelsea can win every game six to five. I think they, they can do it. No problem. And then, yeah, Liverpool at at number three. Um, and uh, what's going on over there, James? What are you trying to do? I'm, waiting, uh, for I'm waiting for He's showing me the his man, ba- man U badge. That fourth place shout out. Uh, unfortunately, I will say Manchester United fourth. Smart man. Wow. And then um. Arsenal fifth. I know we're only doing top four, but Arsenal fifth. Uh, I just... that's But that's how things stand now. If we don't get... If we get our, for example, I'm bumping us up to fourth. I Lock think that's in. enough to that's a an a, a incredible attacking the midfielder signing. to really bump mm-hmm. us up into the top four for yep. sure. But as it stands, I, I am leaving Arsenal out of
2: the top four. All right, Marcus.
3: By the way, M- M- Marcus, uh, Aguero's not bad either. That that w- that hot take should have been saved for. It's a little bit leave it. I don't know why you, uh, <laughs> I don't know why you're releasing that on us right now. <laughs>
0: Aguero to score over ten. That'll come back to bite me. That'll come back to bite me when you play that back to me. <laughs> Damn. I had never considered not putting Liverpool second, but it is interesting to hear that. I still do have them uh, second. Not because they're so good, but just because I don't think anyone else is is great. I think Chelsea have too many new toys to push uh, push for that position. Um, I think what's holding United back is Solskjaer. They've definitely got the players, but Solskjaer and the, the back four is very iffy for me. Uh, if Maguire doesn't get arrested on night out, it might be okay. But It's you know, already happened, mate. He's already
1: convicted. We're going to have a felon playing as our captain and center back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so I have uh, I have Liverpool second um, Chelsea Chelsea third I think just sheer firepower uh, if two of their new signings turn out to be flops oh well they're fine they've got Pulisic Mesa Mounds people lining up to take those spots um, and having a little bit more confidence in ourselves I, th- I think we'll get fourth I think uh kettlebell is the way forward Uh I think United have slightly better players than us, but the gap between Solskjaer, who's taken a real beating from me this podcast, and Arteta is pretty substantial. So mm-hmm. I think I think he'll he'll work his way into fourth.
2: Astute, astute observation. All he, all he
1: just can't, you know. He can <laughs> he can do everything in his. The entire. media bias he'll is still real. Still, just get ripped. <laughs> Secure third place. <laughs> build the squad. I want him Count in that United squad. position
0: as long as possible just because I'm not worried about United when he's there. So just let him have the job.
1: <laughs> fair, fair. That's great. Guys, uh, it's been a ton of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Obviously, it's it's built into your contract when you logged on to this Google Hangout that we'll have you back at some point in the season to check in on these things at a time of our choosing. So, um, you know, thanks again, guys, for coming on. Uh, and we will see you this season really looking forward to it
3: awesome, awesome. Thanks, thanks so much for having us on awesome, man. man appreciate thanks it guys. Yeah, yeah, thanks guys yeah thanks guys from charlie george to the magic boots
2: of brady he writes a right. book